More sell-offs for the grain complex. We have market analysis on the way from Arlen Suderman at StoneX on the Hat Podcast for the 16th of February, 2024. Good morning. I'm Eric Pfeiffer with the latest Indiana farm news, weather, and markets coming your way, courtesy of First Farmers Bank and Trust. Experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. Learn more at ffbt.com or just simply swing by your local branch to talk about your ag operation today. In addition to lower markets, we'll talk about cold temperatures on today's podcast with Hat Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Sorry, this is kind of sounding like a sad podcast. Don't turn us off. We also have news on the way with Andy Eubank and C.J. Miller, where we talk about bringing some of your old farm equipment up to snuff from a tech standpoint. That's next here on Hat. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. In Indiana, there isn't a country road, county highway, or interstate where you don't pass a farm. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. Those of us involved in agribusiness understand the importance of our industry. ACI exists to advocate for the needs of our members and the whole of Indiana agribusiness at the State House and beyond. We hope you'll join us. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to get your membership started today. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Retrofitting that old farm equipment and maybe some money coming back your way. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today. If you have a piece of farm machinery that you love, but would maybe like for it to have the technology more in line with what's available here in 2024, consider retrofitting and reap the ROI benefits. Andy Eubank has details. Retrofitting is a term we use whenever we update the technologies on existing tractors, planters, or sprayers on a on a particular farm. Daniel Stansberry is general service manager at Ag Revolution. He says this approach gets you the newest technology while saving you money. You know, essentially we can take their tractors, sprayer, planter, add a retrofit package, and essentially bring that machine's technology up to date and be able to do things that that a brand new planter would be doing out of the factory but but these retrofits we can do it at a at a lower cost. Stansberry says their focus is retrofits for planters, sprayers and tractors. On the planting side of the business, precision planting is uh, the products we use to to really get the planters up to up to date and really fine-tune uh, the customer's planner on the sprayer side of the thing of the of their operation uh, you will you'll see us using a lot of kits from uh, precision planting ag leader and raven each job is centered around getting the customer what they want in order to improve the operation and the roi truly everything that we do in a retrofit build is using technologies that are going to gain an roi on that piece of equipment the the technology that we put on it uh, is going to ensure that the seeds 
get in the ground where they where they belong. Stansberry adds they can do extensive retrofit jobs on nearly any maker model, but the project is always dictated by what the farmer needs. We will add on as much or or as little as the customer wants to get that planter up to today's standards. Learn more by stopping in one of their locations and hear the complete interview at HoosierAgToday.com. Ag Revolution is a wholly owned subsidiary of Agco. They now have eight locations in western Kentucky, southern Indiana, and southern Illinois. I'm Andy Eubank. All right, Andy, thanks. Farm Credit Mid-America is celebrating another large return to their customers as part of their annual patronage program. C.J. Miller has the story. We are really excited to announce that we are returning $255 million back into the hands of our customer owners. And that's Tara Durbin, Chief Lending Officer at Farm Credit Mid-America. The announcement was made during the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville. This will be our eighth year that we've paid patronage, and in total we will have paid over $1.25 billion. That's with a B. She says those patronage payments will be delivered to customer owners in mid-March. That's always a, an exciting time of year, not only for our customers, but for us as employees as well. Uh, we do a lot of hand-delivered checks to our customers, um, but our customers can also expect to receive those of the week of March 18th, which uh, coincidentally is also National Ag Week. And so it's a great way that we can help showcase our appreciation for the hardworking customers that we serve. Durbin says that the patronage program represents one of their core values as a customer-owned cooperative. Our purpose is to secure the future of rural communities and agriculture. And so through our patronage program, we're able to return that portion of our earnings back to our customers, give them that little extra capital, especially in a time where, you know, interest rates are a little higher right now. And so that's one way that we can really benefit our customers and give back. She adds that the patronage speaks to the success of their customer owners. I give that credit back to our customers. The co-op is member owned. So the financial strength of our organization really rests on the farmers and our customers that we're there to support. For more information about Farm Credit Mid-America and their patronage program, visit their website at fcma.com. I'm C.J. Miller. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's uh, Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. (laughs) (laughs) To agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. (laughs) Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Taking a look at the setup here, we got a decent set of weather conditions trying to come at us with the exception of one thing and that one thing is it's cold so if you're a warm air person like i am the next day and a half to two days don't feel quite right to you but this time of year they're not too far away from where we should be cold canadian air surging southward it came in yesterday after the frontal boundary that moved a little moisture into our area and so we're going to be below normal today well below normal tomorrow and we have a secondary surge of moisture that wants to come into and through the state later this afternoon and into the evening focusing this time on central and southern indiana and i think with this air mass being what it is already there's a better chance of wet snowflakes coming out of this than just rain so we're 
we're looking for that here. I don't think it's going to be problematic. We're talking liquid equivalents of a few hundreds to a tenth or two. That is all, but definitely can see some wet snow flurries mixing with rain and pretty much everything as we move through the afternoon and early evening hours. We clear out overnight, and then for your Saturday, we are cold, well below normal in here, and we're going to keep that cold air around into the first part of Sunday. I think we see a mix of clouds and sunshine, but we're still seeing the temperatures average a good 5 to 10 degrees below normal for this time of year. Sunday, we start to see some moderation in the afternoon as south winds pick up on the backside of high pressure, but we'll really see our temperatures trying to bounce back next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm not ready to say that we're well above normal yet, but we're definitely moderating those days, and we're doing it with partly sunny skies. Second part of the week is interesting. There's a system that wants to come through Wednesday night, Thursday in the Great Lakes that we had been looking to sag southward and really give a good chance of moisture here for Thursday into Friday. The problem with that is moisture doesn't really have a good source to feed the system just yet. So I'm going to kind of say we'll have to watch this. We mentioned yesterday track of the low was going to be very important. It seems even more so this morning. We just may not be able to see big-time moisture. And without it, we're going to continue to be below normal in our moisture for the month of February. Above normal on temperatures so far and below normal on precipitation. So stay tuned. We'll watch that. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Farm Credit Mid-America believes that your crop insurance should be maximized to address what's important to you. With their data-optimized decision tool, you can build a policy custom fit to your operation's goals. Using your past production data, their tool, which they have exclusive access to in their territory, maps out future events, helping you choose the perfect policy time, coverage level, and options for you, all guided by their crop insurance agents. To learn more, visit fcma.com slash crop dash insurance. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity provider. Corn, soybeans, and wheat all continue their sell-offs on Thursday. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today's Thursday Farm Market Review. I'll have final numbers from Thursday trade coming in just moments. First, let's get market analysis. Arlen Suderman is here, Chief Commodities Economist with Stone X. Arlen, we're seeing losses across the grain complex here on Thursday. The Ag Outlook Forum happening in Washington, D.C. Are these two things intertwined here? Is that why we're seeing the losses? There is some relationship. Now, these Ag Outlook Forums, I don't put much stock in. The only thing that comes out of that I put any value in is the yield number, and we'll talk about that uh, because that's the yield that they tend to put in their May crop report when they have their first uh, – uh, balance sheet for the new year, acreage changes when they survey planning intentions, all the other supply and demand stuff changes as well, but the yield tends to stay the same. But anyway, the market, particularly uh, the the media that writes about the markets and everything tends to pay a lot of attention to this, so it does affect the market. Now, we've been in a commodity deflation mode anyway looking for something that would change the tone and be more positive and this didn't do it and that's typically what happens is this typically tends to be bearish but what usda says and this is not from surveying producers or anything this is just their economists sitting in their office saying we think this is going to happen so here it is the numbers 91 million acres of corn down 3.6 million from last year 
I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think we're going to be dropping 3.6 million acres. I do think we're going to be dropping maybe about 2.5 million acres, but not 3.6 million acres. A yield of 181 bushels per acre. And that matches what I have for a trend yield as well. I use a 30-year straight-line trend that served to me well over the years. But anyway, their numbers produce a crop of 15 billion bushels and give a carryout at the end of the year a 2.5 billion. That's the highest stocks to use ratio in 20 years. So that's not going to do anything to turn around the bearishness in, in the uh, corn pit. Soybean acreage at 87.5 million acres, up from 83.6 million. So that's up about 4 million acres, 4.1 million acres to be specific. Yield of 52 bushels per acre produces a 4.5 billion bushel carryout. And that's gonna give you a carryout based on their assumed demand at numbers of 435 million bushels. Again, more than adequate in order for the market to supply its needs. All wheat acreage, 47 million acres, would be down from 49.6 million this year with a yield of 49.5 bushels per acre, production of 1.9 billion, stocks of 769 million bushels. That's pretty close to where my numbers are at as well. So that's kind of what set the negative tone for today's market. Well, Arlen, you mentioned right off the bat, I don't put much stock in, in much of this because things do change. That was going to be my question to you is, you know, historically, and you know, I'm, I'm just a broadcaster, I'm not a researcher. Historically, how close is USDA with these numbers when it's all said and done? Uh, the March planning intention numbers can be off by several million acres at times from what USDA says, and the yields can be off as well. Of course, obviously, there's a lot that goes into, uh, into the yields, primarily weather. Uh, during the growing season, which USDA can't anticipate. Um, but there's so many things that change. And uh, the very fact that USDA comes up with these numbers without surveying any producers or end users, it's just economists sitting in their offices in Washington who may or may not know what a corn plant looks like coming up with the numbers. Arlen, as we look, you know, specifically corn and soybeans, it's been an ugly picture here for uh, many days, many weeks, perhaps. It seems to me with with the news we got today from the USDA Ag Outlook Forum, maybe we, we just gave it more permission to go further to the downside. We have. Now, supply and demand do drive the markets in the long run, but in the short run, we know that the algo computers, uh, the money that's behind them, take the markets too far in both directions. They take it too low in bearish scenarios. They take it too high uh, in bullish scenarios. And when we look at where the markets are today, they're basically, most of them, most of the grain and oilseed markets are an oversold territory. Not all of them, but most of them. Corn is at three-year lows for the lead contract. Um, Kansas City and Minneapolis wheat are more than two-and-a-half-year lows heading toward three-year lows. Soybeans, not there yet, but certainly moving that direction. It's interesting to note, when we did some research this week, we looked at how much time does um, the soybean market spent at different levels. And since 2000, the soybean market has only spent 3% of its time in the $11 range. I'm speaking between 11 and 11.99. It spends a lot of time above it, a lot of time below it, but that $11 range, it tends to just simply pass through. Now, history doesn't always repeat itself, but that does suggest if history were to repeat itself, 
that we'll be dropping below $11 relatively quickly. Um, that's painful for farmers to hear, particularly who may have soybeans left to sell. But that's just what history tells us it's done in the past. Which falls right in line with USDA saying a drop, a, a sharp drop in net farm income for farmers in 2024. Let's stop talking about the bad news. Uh, we, we are seeing some gains today in the livestock markets. Can you update me there on what's happening, Arlen? Well, certainly cheaper feed prices do help. Um, but when we look at the cattle market, we still have tight supplies. We've seen pressure for a couple of days. Now we're kind of rebounding. Cash trade in the Southern Plains this week, mostly around $180. We got more in, in line with the basis levels there with the market. On the hog market, we're seeing some unexpected strength in the cash market starting to pop up as well. So we do have some positive signs of demand there. And uh, we do expect slower chain speeds, which is what hurt prices earlier this week for live cattle. We'll probably see even slower chain speeds next week, but that starts to help strengthen the product market. Much appreciated market analysis there from Arlen Suderman with Stone X. Let's take a look at numbers now from Thursday. We were down six and a half on March corn, 417 and three quarters. May was down seven and a half, 429 and three quarters. March beans lost eight and a quarter, 1162 and a quarter. And May beans were down over a dime to 1166. March wheat was the downside leader, losing 18 and a half, finishing at 567. In livestock, April live cattle gained a buck 60, 185.60. And April lean hogs were up 47, finishing at 85. That does it for the Thursday Farm Market Review and the Friday Morning Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you missed any of our podcasts or anything throughout the week, be sure to tune in tomorrow. The Hoosier Ag Today Podcast Weekend Edition. Check out Hoosier Ag this week as we review the top news from this past week in agriculture. Again, that's tomorrow morning. Same hat time, same hat channel. Thanks for joining us. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network.